Welcome to Farm Around and Find Out. My name is Crystal Wasoski, and I am with the Wasoski Real Estate Team in association with Keller Williams Mullinex. We have a special guest with us here today. We have Heather Kelpine with First Capital Mortgage, an amazing lender. We also have Kristen Wasoski. We have Lisa Lloyd and Jennifer Luck. So let's sit back, relax. And let's farm around and find out. Hello. <laughs> this is Lisa. This is Lisa. Breaker Breaker 11. This is Joe. Joe. I started learning about all of the gross stuff that's in the food grocery stores and all the preservatives and the dyes and the chemicals, how they treat animals that you buy at the grocery store. I couldn't lose weight. And so I was bound to determine I'm going to grow my own food. I'm going to raise my own animals. I'm going to know what they eat. I'm going to know what goes on my plants. And we did. And I have lost almost 50 pounds. Wow. I really think it's because my hormones leveled out because I'm not eating hormones in meat anymore. What about Kelly, your husband? He is in the best shape that he has been in in years. And he's quite a bit older than me. He loves it. Rather than his knee, he says he feels younger and stronger than he ever has. The state of the world, I guess, mm-hmm. just made, made made me feel like we had to get out of town. My parents had 80 acres. Before my father passed away, he made me promise not to sell it. After he passed away early, like at 49, I made the best decision that I could because um, my mom was out there by herself. So we sold it. And I was thinking about my mom. So this was kind of my redemption. And I know because he, you know, he said, Kristen, you know, one day the world's going to fall apart. You need to be out. He taught me a lot of stuff about being self-sufficient and all of that. So had Heather help me. <laughs> the lender. That was a lot of motivation and just like you, just having, you know, knowing where your animals come from and what they're eating and what's going in your body and growing our own vegetables and Mm -hmm. being out of town. And isn't it amazing feeling when you look down at your plate and it's straight from your farm? Oh yeah. A lot of people don't know where stuff comes from. Yeah. You go through a drive-thru and they're like, they have no idea. And then, you know, there's, there's some people that are like appalled, like, oh my gosh, you process your goats you know oh i know they are they but do. nothing's wasted well, none of it watching you ladies all learn how to do all of that is like full circle for me because i grew up on what most people would think of as like an industrial farm and so the meat that came off of the farm i grew up on was was the unhealthy meat you're buying at the grocery store mm-hmm. so for me it's coming around to thinking of a new way of farming that you guys do where it is healthy and it's not exploitive and it's not secretive you know because the kind of farm i was on we didn't even know what we were feeding our animals oh yeah because the 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 company gives you the stuff yeah to the all the feed provides all the feed and everything so you have no idea and your farm is posted and you can't let just regular people come in and and see your animals because being fed things that you don't want people to know about lisa what do you have on your homestead what kind of animals do you have I have um, goats, I have pigs, and I have chickens, dogs, and a cat. But we're planning on expanding. We're actually we're, we're going to do rabbits. Yeah. That's next. And I want my waterfowl back because we had the massacre of 2023. <laughs> right. And um, we've all had that. Yeah. yeah. And we are very, very strongly looking into donkeys. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. What about you, Lucky? Tell us about your adventure in homesteading and how it started. Well, it was an accident. 
Um, <laughs> we were looking for properties, and the one that we ended up in, it had a, a fantastic chicken coop. And I had chickens even when I lived in town. I was kind of raised in the sticks, and my Nana was a pioneer woman. So once we got out to where we settled, it just seemed natural for me to kind of follow in her footsteps and fast forward and we just keep expanding and keep adding we kind of joke it it's chicken math sure yeah you know they've got this video going around now that chickens are the gateway to conspiracy theory (laughs) (laughs) right because once you start raising your own and you see the difference in the quality you can't help but ask questions the color of the yolk. Well, yeah. Stuff. I just yeah. thought all meat was garbage because that was the kind of meat we turned out to the public. Like, I didn't realize it could be so much better for you. Mm-hmm. Right. When I was young, I I day-handed at some commercial feed yards for beef and seen how commercial pork is raised, and it's it's pretty horrific. So the fact that I can raise this meat for my family with my kids helping they know exactly how to care for the animals they're even there with me when we butcher they know how to feed the animals i feel like those are some really great life skills that... i mean i was totally impressed when Bodie came out with you to butcher the goats you know mm-hmm. um, we'll go we were going to butcher ours but we decided you know what that's a little too much right now pickles he's a what, what, what do you call it a what do we do with frederick at the office he was a pardon pardon pardoned uh that day but i mean Bodie, he was he went up to that animal and he said thank you Right. You know, he was so respectful during that process. I mean, he helped me salt the hide. You know, mm-hmm. he just grabbed that little salt shaker and he was just going to town on it. And how old's Bodie? Five. Yeah. 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 kids are just raised different. Like, that's good parenting. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and like going back to what you said, Kristen, like people think it's so horrific. Like, how can you love on these animals and how can you play with them and how can you name them yeah, and then I, turn around and butcher them? Well, I know I'm what their purpose is going into it, but to me, that is the point. I want to know that the food that I'm taking into my body has been loved. It's gotten sunshine. It's gotten good food. It's, you know, had a good life. Like, I don't have, I mean, of course, it's always hard, you know, take out an animal, even though you know what the purpose is, but it actually is incredibly rewarding to me. Right. I mean, I don't feel bad at all. Am I a little sad, you know, that Lucy isn't around anymore? Yeah, I am. But I'm way happier that I get to feed my family well, good meat. It's a symbiotic relationship. Mm-hmm. You you give that animal love and the conditions that are, you know, the best you can do. And in return, they, they nourish your family. Uh-huh. It's a beautiful cycle. Well, it's we, beautiful. We sit around, we were talking about this the other day. I'm so grateful to to be able to provide even the dogs and the kittens and... I don't know what home they would have had if they weren't here. They're out there mm-hmm. running on top of the barn playing and yeah. but they're all they're so happy mm-hmm. and taken yeah. care of and healthy. Exactly. And I mean, Charlie, our buck, we pulled him out of a sale barn. We did. And you know, I keep going I keep thinking about what you just said, sunlight. You know, when people say free ranged on a package, that's, that's not what, not what, what that, that means. means. No, yeah. that is not that what means that means. There is a window. And they can possibly go outside, but not really. They're still in a contained Well, and area. some of them, they, they can't go outside. Yeah. It's just they're That's not our chicken farm They're like. not in a cage, yes. right. but they're stuffed into yeah. a, you a know, building, building that has 50,000 birds in it. Yeah. And they just walk yeah. around, or they don't, right. until you get in there and make them walk around. Right. But it's, 
and mm-hmm. we could market that as free range because exactly. they were not in cages. Yeah, yeah, I know. I wish yeah. people knew that. And mm-hmm. we could raise the curtains, which yep. gave them fresh air, which made it free. You know, there was yeah. little caveats to that. Yeah. So it's disgusting. Yeah. And people pay more for those terms on these foods. Labels. Yes. Well, and it really means nothing for the person who produced it for you. Mm-hmm. Well, the intention behind it, they feel like they're doing the right thing, but I think educational things like this help people to realize that marketing is just absolute crap sometimes. And what it says isn't necessarily what it means. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's so far away from natural, but it's a loophole with language. Yeah. You Mm -hmm. know? Yeah. And you know, you you get these monster chicken breasts from the store, and you're like, "Ooh, oh. that's a good one." Oh gosh, well, that freaks me out. And that's another <laughs> thing to talk about. Like, what is it? How long does it take for you guys to grow a chicken from hatch to when you would harvest it? Well, meat chickens, it's what eight to eight, eight to, to twelve weeks. weeks. Okay, yeah. chicken yeah. farms that what I grew up on, they can grow them four and a half weeks. Right. Oh yeah. my gosh. That's yeah. all the hormones and the steroids yeah. and yeah. You know. And that's fryers, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, well, and think about it. They're stuffing all of these hormones and into the meat, and then we consume the meat. Well, those hormones and cow as big as it can, as fast as it can, or a pig as big as it can, as fast as it can. What do you think it's doing to us? You know, well, and even further down the line, what are we doing to our DNA as it passes down yeah. through generations? That's how, a good how point. How long is it going to take to correct this? Yeah. 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 So I'm super grateful to all of you guys. You guys have showed me a, showed me a different way to look at meat and how we can have it mm-hmm. I mean I'm kind of with lucky you know even on this whole like you know homesteading it was in my head it was an accident I know and Kristen said there was probably a plan but I had no idea I remember I remember it was we're gonna get chickens and then we're gonna get ducks and I remember sitting on the front porch just being like we're not gonna get ducks they're disgusting yeah but they're not prepared the for that but they're not on the porch you're right but I had no idea I never had animals like this yeah you know I didn't know. I mean, our first animal that we had on the farm wasn't even a chicken. It was a goat. Well, and everybody, yeah. everything, yeah. I mean, they, they had a job because yeah. it was so overgrown yeah. when we bought it. Yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of a lot of buyers, and you have to explain this to them, is, okay, you're looking for a homestead. You're not, the house is going to be perfect, but you're not going to like the land or the... Or vice versa. Or vice yeah. versa in what somebody's wanting. And, I mean, you can fix the house, can't change the land, you know, so that's what we did. We just bought a, an old 1930s original farmhouse and went in and renovated and... You guys embraced it from day one. Man, we only had like 27 days to get it. Like, well, we had 30, but, yeah. but the movers came. Movers came sooner. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. and, and there's still doors that's, that are not on the cabinets, you know, and there's stuff that's not finished. And, but you're man, living if, life while you're doing For sure. Things. And I think a lot of people when they go into homesteading, I think it's really, really important that both people, the whole couple is on, is on the same page because it's hard when there's just one person. Oh, yeah. Doing it, I, I think that's the... We were reading an article... The rate of uh, failure. ...the other day about um, in the first... if I think it's the first seven years, or is it the first six years? Like, oh, people quit. Yeah. I quit think within the first six or seven years because they just aren't on the same page, you know? And, I mean, we could say that Kristen and I are insane, okay? And what I mean is we were like, let's go. We got, like, 30 chickens. We got... Four goats. We got all of a sudden there are turkeys. There are geese. There are ducks. There are <laughs> geese. Well, and, and, and we would get stuff before we were yeah. ready for it, and then yeah. we had to get ready for it, which probably helped us in a way. But yeah. I mean, homesteading. It, everybody thinks it's like 
you know, butterflies and rainbows. Oh, no. But, man. It's trial and error and our, a lot of Oh, error. you need to get out there and fail and hurry up and fail. Yeah, you can't let the failure stop you. No, you just go, oh, okay, got it. And then, you know, just having other homesteaders to talk talk to and be like, what did you do here? How did you do that? I mean, as much as, like, you know, oh, yeah. making bread or, oh, my gosh, I, I don't know, I failed with my squash or something. Well, the, the little communities that homesteaders are building, the co-op groups, are absolutely invaluable for information sharing and having a support team with different people that are exceptional at, at different things that go into homesteading. And the amount that we've been able to learn together in such a short time is just absolutely incredible. Well, and these communities mm-hmm. are going to be the only ones that are prepared when God forbid something does shut us off from being able to get supplies, right? right. I mean, because mm-hmm. at any given time, the metro has three days worth of food. Right. Yep. You, you shut off trucks and stuff coming to the city. Within three days, everybody's going to start going hungry, except for the people mm-hmm. that are providing their own nourishment. Right. Well, and this yeah. is the old knowledge. This is the old ways. Like, everything's mm-hmm. it's cyclical, right? Right. I mean, bell bottoms are going to come back in, you know? I, you know, I'm 4th and 11. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not built for that. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, you know, and, and a lot of it, man, I agree with you because, you know, the world... The way it's going right now, everything's up in the air. I mean, even mm-hmm. if one event happened that just isolated us, mm-hmm. literally three days at most is what we have. And that's right. assuming that you don't have all the, you know, people coming in and taking everything, which is exactly what's well, going to happen. That is yeah. what would happen. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's going to be ugly. And we already have food deserts. You know, it would be even more obvious mm-hmm. when something were to happen. You know, the, the bigger thing is... You know, I'm looking at Bodhi behind me, and I look at him, and I look at Hope. Right. Yeah. For the future, for our economy, for our country, and everything like that. I mean, he's out there working it. You know, he wants five. At five five years Mm -hmm. old, you know, and like I said, I really think that's just good parenting. It is. And you know, but it's a different type of lifestyle. I I read this thing the other day. I can't remember verbatim. I just remember there was a picture of a cowboy, and he had like a shield over him, and he was protecting a child. But it was talking about he's not protecting his child from everything because he has hope for this child that he's going to help the generations to come. And you know, everything that's crazy that's happening, there's always a counter to it. I really believe that. Right. And Bodhi is, he's that one. You know, I see that and I just, well, and I'm there's so a whole proud. shift with that generation. Like the, the generation, like when my kids were growing up, it was all about everybody, everybody has to go to college. Everyone just needs to go to college, yeah. be as smart as you can be, right. and you'll be fine. Well, now we have aging trade groups. You know, we don't have people to come right. in and do plumbing oh, and electrical. Is so important. Appraisers. It takes so long. You know, even in our industry, for them to have to shadow before they can be an appraiser and all of that. And there are not people in line to take these positions because all we've thought about is go to college, go to college. Well, well, that's not what we need right now. We need people to learn trades. We need people to be able to to survive, you know, to build Mm -hmm. the infrastructure that is going to be problem, that is already problematic. That's already crumbling from the inside out. Right. Yeah. Right. And, you know, you can encourage your kids to go to a trade school and they finish and they're not swimming in debt with a degree that they can't get hired owners exactly yeah it just opens up the world for so many possibilities and they may get that started and then want to learn something else but you have this open avenue and a stream of income to lead you to be able to learn whatever and else you want to learn. Kids out of high school, they've it's almost become like I can remember when my kids were graduating. Like it was almost like they were looked down on if they weren't going to. Right. Which Kaylee went directly to college. My son didn't. You know, it was like, oh, you're not. Are you Are you taking a year? No, he's probably never going. He's not that kid. 
He's just not. Mm-hmm. Right. But it show was me, almost like a failure if they weren't, if they didn't have a plan in place. Show me an 18-year-old that knows what they want to do for the rest of their life and then talk to them at 40. Or is that still the plan? Right. Yeah. Right. right. And because right. this decision you make when you're 18, you're stuck with this college debt that you're probably still not going to be out from under when you're 40. I was raised in the same generation as, you know, your daughter. It was, you went to college or you were nothing. Yeah. You know? It was shameful to it not was, be It was very, very college. shameful. Yeah. And I remember when I was 18, I want to be a ceramics professor. What the hell am I going to do with that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what was I going to do? Like, I, I mean, I love the medium. I loved art. And I was in art school. And I just, you know, I just somehow, like, landed there. But what the hell was I what thinking? What did I think uh-huh. my uh-huh. was going to be? And I look at my life now and I'm like, how did I get here? You know, there were so many different choices I had to make. That's really it. I feel like you're always given two options at a time, and this is the path that I'm choosing right now. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad that we chose this path with homesteading and all of this, because, I mean, there are days that I, I complain. I do. I complain a lot sometimes. Everybody, everybody does. Yeah, because, you know, does. it is stressful, and I do believe if this was easy, everybody would be and doing it. And it's a it. thankless job. You know, yeah. you got to get up and do yeah. your crap every day, and these guys yeah. aren't saying thank you, you know? <laughs> like, they're just... They're all like, where's my food? They're just squawking. Right? Where's my food, you <laughs> know? Well, you know, speaking of it being a thankless job, finding this group was so huge for me because I really felt alone. Me and my husband are doing this. We are on board, 100% together on board. But I just felt like he was the only one that I could talk to about the struggles and all of that. And so, you know, having a group of people that understand, that changed, like, my whole emotional yeah. deal Everything. about it. Yeah. Well, it validates all of those things that you're feeling. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you know, everybody needs their tribe. You know? Yes, yeah, right. for sure. Like, is your house clean right now? No. no. no you know, never. like, if Half I have to sweep this right floor, <laughs> how many times? Well, and then, you know, we had to cut down trees, and those are still there. I mean, I was so judgy. You know, you drive by these these houses, and they have a whole bunch of stuff out in front of it or whatever. Oh, I know. And I know exactly I, where you're going. And, and I was so judgy, and I can't now because, like, you know, we've got projects going all the time. So it's just this constant rotation of of piles of stuff Still. and then you know oh it's too hot to to work out there a long time so you gotta wait till a cool day or it's rainy you know so you can't do it that day and then like the yard will be totally cleaned up the farm will look really good and then it One doesn't later. you know yeah. like a couple days later but we call it constructive chaos right <laughs> exactly chaos. so and now i'm just like oh look at those is your life yeah i drive mm-hmm. by people and i'm like look at them really doing stuff what now yeah a totally different change of yeah when we attitude. bought when we bought our property i looked at my husband straight in the eye and i said we will not <laughs> be, those people. be those people that have all this junk because well one day we might need it well, we keep broken buckets. I mean, like, because they have a new use. Like, yeah. and I mean, and yeah. finally I was like, well, honey, okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. I was wrong. I'm a pack rat by nature. My, my Nana's the one that taught me everything I know, and she went through the Great Depression. She still keeps her, her tinfoil. If it's not dirty, she'll fold it up, and she's got a special spot for it because she can mm-hmm. use that later. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, she grew up showing me her, her stuff. And granted, she was neat about keeping it, but she she really taught me how you can repurpose. And I like to joke that I have a redneck engineering degree. (laughs) You know, you can't always just run to the store and get what you need. And 
nine times out of ten, I I have everything I need already. I just yeah. gotta, mm-hmm. you know, figure out how to put it together to get what I need out of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And yeah. Pretty valuable skill. It, yeah. absolutely. It absolutely, I is. love to repurpose stuff. Yeah. yeah, like when we, you know, got our Roxanne the goat, and we realized that putting her straight into that pen was not a very good idea. We had to act real fast, and so, and luckily, we had some chain link fence that somebody was getting rid of that we just had laying around. Mm-hmm. We had a couple more hog panels that we hadn't used. And, and what if you'd have hauled all that off? Oh, right. exactly. Right. And we yep. put up that pen so fast. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were proud. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's very be. proud. <laughs> Man, you know, and Give me we, a I'd actually like to do a little introduction. We have a special guest here with us today. We have Heather. I'm Heather Kelpine. I'm with First Capital Mortgage. I've been a loan officer or in lending since 2007, 2008, and I did the Wasowski's Home Loan. Yes, thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and several of their friends yeah. that are homesteading as well. I think there's three now yeah. that yeah. are homesteading. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I've done this a long time. It's really kind of changed the way I look at loans because a lot of times when you're super busy, you're just bang, 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 you know, you just do whatever loan is in front of you. And with these girls, we had to really think, like, what makes most sense? Does a rehab make most sense or does a straight conventional loan make make most sense which is what ended up working for you guys but lending is not one size fits all and if you don't know what you're doing then your people don't know what they need when they come talk to you right well and mm-hmm. i qualified for the native american loan. yeah and we had but, to decide if that but made was sense. that the best choice it wasn't yeah, it wasn't i mean our house was pretty nice when we bought it and i am <laughs> there's sarcasm behind that it was it, livable it was it just, just had normal. carpet yeah. with a bunch of stuff I in mean, there but you we just couldn't bathe yeah, right. I mean, here's the deal. It <laughs> couldn't go FHA. No. For sure, It no. couldn't go FHA, so we had to no. go conventional. Yeah. You know? Well, Thank that's you, true. Person. Probably wouldn't have done yeah. that. Yeah, no, but we did talk about maybe doing, like, a conventional rehab, you mm. know, where you, and I just, you know, for what you guys were going to do, like, when you do those loans, you got to have a general contractor, you got to bid it out, and I yeah. knew you guys were wanting to do a lot of the stuff yourself. It just yeah. would yeah. not have made sense. Yeah. yeah. We did everything ourselves except yeah. for, for the plumbing, plumbing and electrical. Yeah. Yep. Everything else we did ourselves, and it was so much fun. It was a it was a great project. I mean, coming in here and like I've never laid floor before. I mean, I got a notch right here that I'm gonna have to fix, and like you know, I never did it before though. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a huge puzzle when I first got in, and thank God for my dad who also homesteads and who Heather. also did his loan with exactly. me. Yeah. Thank you, Heather. <laughs> so yeah. um, you know, but I I have a great dad who came in, and you know, he he helped guide me, and mm-hmm. I remember when he brought out that damn uh, table saw though. And I was like, I'm not using that on that janky thing. Yeah, let me get the jigsaw. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. It was a lot of fun. But I just, like, like, never dreamed when you guys first moved here. And as you started clearing stuff, just the things you found underneath. Oh, oh, I we, yeah. we found so much cool stuff on our property, yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think my well, favorite thing that we found on the property was the feed bags underneath the tin layers of wallpaper. Oh, yeah. Shut Those up. old feed bags. No, and then, yep, and then right. the old we newspaper the I took, I kept from like, it was from 1932 or oh, 30. Wow. I kept big sheets of it in newspaper and news, like newspaper and, and all that frame that um, i know it it's in the shop I and on the abstract thing. we figured out who the first person was that owned the property right well in this bedroom on the wood it had pictures from the, the kids we took oh, pictures of it and, and their name and we have pictures of that and 
That's it was awesome. really, really wow. cool because yeah. they built this house themselves. Yeah. It's the thing, like, some of, a lot of these houses that were built in even the last 40 years, like, they're not going to stick around the way those things stuck Yeah, apart. right. You know, like, mm-hmm. there's not going to be the cool, nostalgic stuff yeah. about it. I mean, maybe, but yeah. we kind of know building materials. <laughs> 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 it's not yeah. likely that it's going to happen that way. But there was just treasure after treasure that you guys ran yep. into. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Now, Lisa, you have a pretty interesting story about how you guys got your place. Yeah, it was amazing. So me and my husband were actually renting a house because our daughter was in college and we weren't really sure, you know, like where we were going to go. And then she ended up staying put and um, our landlord got a divorce. So they wanted to sell the house and they wanted to sell it fast. And so, of course, they used me, you know, to sell it. We didn't know what we were going to do. Because I had been self-employed for not long enough to qualify for a loan. Then I, my husband had just, out after 14 years of being in the oil field, that tanked, and he lost his job. Oh, my God. Yes, it was horrible. So we just didn't know what we were going to do. So one day, I was on a different real estate team, and someone said, Does anybody know if someone can clear out a house on the other side of Lake Thunderbird? We had always wanted to live at the lake. Like, mm-hmm. we, we did. We weren't really in the mind of homesteading necessarily until that time, but we always did. And so I was like, well, what is this? Mm-hmm. So we went out there. We loved the property. Um, the house is okay, but it was more about the property. And we didn't qualify for a loan, but I put on my big girl panties, and I went to my rich uncle, and I said, we want to buy this house, and we need help. I had a little packet ready. I had comps planned out. <laughs> she I had a business plan. Oh, I did. I had a little folder, and I even dressed nice, and all this stuff. He didn't look at none of my stuff. He said, well, I get 6% on my money. And I, at the time, that wasn't a very good interest rate, mm-hmm. but I still took it, 15 yeah. year. Mm-hmm. And um, now it's actually a good yeah. interest rate. Yeah. Now. So, <laughs> wait. yeah, so that worked out real well. Yeah. And so we bought it as is. You know, it's technically like a cash, you know, yeah. purchase. Uh-huh. And um, in that house for three weeks with no running water inside oh, while wow. we replumbed the entire house ourselves. So I'm a plumber now. Hey, <laughs> I'm going to tell you, we did not have a shower for five weeks yep. or anything in this house and it was yeah it we was had normal. to go switched off from going to joanna's because she's not very far yeah and showering over there go or to going to my mom's and i didn't want to tax one person you too know much. too much so we just yeah. go back and forth so we had our shampoo and all of our our bag mm-hmm. yeah, we yeah we just bucketed water from the well and i did two rounds on all four burners and we at least had a bathtub so I poured it in there, and I got in first, and I'd wash real fast, and then my husband would get in, and that's what we did every day. That's what you yeah. Just like old time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I would. I'd get on like, okay, your turn, peasant. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The queen is finished. Well, it's true. Um, my mom is the oldest of four kids, and the oldest, she lived in upstate New York, and they were rural. They had rabbits and, and chickens, and that's what they did. That's how they ate. Mm-hmm. Like her mom made her clothes and all that stuff, and she would be the first one in, and then you know, go sorry down about the, line. the three. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. in the tub. Bad Thank God we don't have to do that now. Uh, <laughs> what about you? What? How'd y'all get where you're at? Well, we we were FHA, and um, we did not have the greatest budget, and we looked about probably twenty, fifteen to twenty homes, uh-huh. and what from. Do you mean, mom? <laughs> you were there. You should know. 
You should know too. <laughs> He's watching the thing. So we we looked at houses in town. We looked at houses in the country, and this one just happened to be the furthest out. But when we we topped the hill and saw the view, and it was kind of breathtaking. And then up the driveway, and there were deer in the yard. The whole thing just mm-hmm. felt magical. And mm-hmm. then we rounded the corner, and I saw the chicken coop in the enclosure. That kind of sealed the deal for me. The house was nothing special, but that was okay. It was the outside space for us, mm-hmm. and that's it, how we felt. You know, and it, it, it needed a lot of work. It did a lot of cleaning up but we could see through all of that work and I mean see. that porch is banging right yeah right? that's a great yeah. back porch yeah. to sit on you yeah. know yeah. fast forward four years and I you know I, I don't like to leave my place very much oh that we is my can't stand it world we can't stand yeah. it I had to leave the house multiple times a week when I when we lived in in town because we rented for Eight years, nine years. Wow. Just waiting yeah, for... Yeah, just wait. Well, waiting. you know, we were... It's just how it worked out, you know? And then all of a sudden, we're looking for a place. And I remember I was sitting on the, the small porch at the duplex. And Kristen mm-hmm. asked me, what do you see outside when we buy something? And I'm like, I don't know, a big tree. And Aww. I shit you not, I sit on my porch and I see my favorite tree, a beautiful sycamore. Mm-hmm. You know, and, but I remember being in town and it was, you know, and we were with a group of friends and it was like four times a week. It was happy hour, happy hour. And I'm like, I don't even want to go You to guys that almost bought a bungalow in town too. Yes, right thank God we did. Yeah, didn't and it that. just, it wasn't coming together. No. Yeah, we it's, were trying you, to And you wanted it. it so bad. I know, you well, know, I wanted but, it for yeah. my son too, yeah. but. Yeah, to rent out. But, you know, it made sense that. You nope. wait to find this one. Yeah, it's yep. kind of like it picks you. Yeah. yeah. You know, because, oh, yeah. you know, we went from almost, I I was like, well, we're going to be living in the pop-up trailer, babe. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we were really there, yeah. really. And then when we went out to this land, it had been abandoned for, I think, almost a year. And it was so overgrown. I mean, it so overgrown. And all I saw was, oh, my gosh, look at that beautiful orchard. Right. You know? Yeah. And, yeah. oh my gosh, look at this, you know, beautiful pond that you can't see because it's so overgrown. And, you know, but I just could see it. Yeah. I could see it and, they, and there, nothing was going to stop me from getting that house. I didn't care the condition of the house. I yeah. didn't. Mm-hmm. I knew whatever we ran into, we could handle. Well, we, I saw, okay, so as soon as I started that whole thought of that's it, we're getting out of here. Mm-hmm. You know, renting. You know, it was the height of the market. Interest rates were two and a half, two point eight, yeah. three, mm-hmm. and you know, there's multiple offers on all these properties. Joanna was writing like thirty contracts for, for one buyer. buyer. Yeah. yeah, you know, and and <sighs> so I see this one come on. I was uh, day one heroin because I was so freaked out. Right, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, so so we. Um, I saw this one come on, and I showed it to Crystal, and I was like, what do you think of this? She's like, no. So I showed it. was it. expensive. I showed it to it her, and I said, what do I do for a living? I, I negotiate for a living. Well, I forgot in that moment. Yeah, I guess. Like did, so. <laughs> and so then day four, I said, that's it. It's still there. We're going to go look at it. It was vacant, you know. Well, I was thinking it was the top of our budget. Yeah. It was the top of our budget, and there was a lot of work that needed to be done yeah. at this place. As soon know? as we hit the gate, we pulled up to the gate, gates shut. Oh, my. She says, oh, my gosh, I love it. And I'm like, you haven't even been inside yet. Let's go. You know, and then we hit that fence back there. Because we thought it was just this part. We yeah. didn't realize it was Oh, back. all that back. Yeah. yeah. So then I had to yeah. go on this, you know, the overhead, yeah. and I was like, oh, my gosh, it's all that. And then yeah. it was over. What is the first step when it comes to buying any type of property? 
Well, kind of like what you mentioned, you want to know what your budget is. You want to know yeah. what what kind of terms are you looking at with your specific situation. So you want to get with a lender, obviously me. You're right. Uh, you're right. I mean, I'm most comfortable if you're with me. You're in overalls. So, <laughs> yeah. overall. But there's a lot of things we'll look at. Like with these ladies, we looked at, you know, the differences between both of them on the loan or one of them on the loan. And here's the thing. If you're maxing out your budget, like what Crystal just talked about, it is less worrisome to the lender when you're maxing out a budget if you're using one of your two incomes you know so those are things that I help counsel people through like should I be completely freaked out because we're at the top of our budget well normally yes but you've got a whole other income I'm not looking at and you've got all these other things you know so I can kind of walk you through like what makes most sense what should be scary well and two you we you started with us like I don't know was it like five months before and she said okay your debt to income ratio is a little out of whack so I'm going to need you to pay yeah. this off, this off, this off, and this off. And yeah. then I just, I divided it all up and I paid bigger chunks and got it ready to, so we could qualify. And it's kind of that same thing with your credit score. You know, the general public has no idea how to fix their credit. They have no, no idea how to leverage don't. their credit because it just looks like, oh, I have this past due bill. Maybe I should pay that and my score will go up. And maybe that's been there long enough that it doesn't move your score at all for you to pay it. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm not a big proponent of saying don't pay what you owe, but if it is a collection or something that has done all the damage it's going to do and it doesn't benefit you to pay it, listen, paying that, Focus you're not paying. Focus on something yes, else. Yeah. Let's leverage the money you do have towards the goal that you have Mm -hmm. that's also why I don't tell people to go to credit repair Mm -hmm. credit repair attacks your overall credit history and if your goal is to buy a home deal with somebody who knows what the underwriter's looking for yeah and a Mm -hmm. lender you know if they're a good lender like me they won't charge (laughs) you to do that and they'll give you a plan and tell you what to pay when and exactly when your score will move like if you do XYZ ABC will follow. Well, and that's why I think it's, you know, if, you, if you're if you renting and you don't want to rent anymore and you want to buy something and, you know, especially like first-time buyers, if you have that goal in mind for this year or next year, reach out to somebody yes. who knows and get a plan, right. you know, yeah. like, yeah. and that way you will know when you can be ready, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, and... And have options, you know, like, hey, if we want to buy now, maybe we need to use down payment assistance. Maybe our terms are not going to be as favorable. But if we waited another three months, we have our own down payment, and then our loan looks completely different. You know, and I can show those differences. Like, There's nothing like breaking a buyer's heart when they found the spot that they really want to be, the land and the house. Or if it's a condo, it doesn't matter. And then... They don't qualify. They don't qualify. Yeah. And that's a big thing. Like, just... uh, That's one of the things you can really tell people. Don't break your own heart. And it's not just credit score. No. It's debt income. It Mm -hmm. is. It is. I mean, it's a a marriage of all of that. Mm -hmm. I mean, what, there are three different things, right? Job... You have to be in a position within the same type of position for two years? It kind of varies. So, like, nope, you don't even have to be in the same type of position for two years. We need to capture a two-year employment history. Oh, okay. Okay? So, say, and if you've been at least six months in your current line of work, we're okay with that. Now, if you changed, like, say you went from being a nurse to being a construction worker, you only really have to have 30 days of pay for that, because that's not another job that requires more professional training with that. So there's a lot of different things that come into play as far as jobs. Self-employment, though, we do want you to have two years. 
Yeah, um, that was my problem. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And that's because they know it's going to vary. You have highs and you have lows, and so they want to average two years out. Yeah, and they want to see, too, you know, a lot of people don't understand this. Like, when we have to take adjusted gross income from self-employed person from their taxes, sometimes that looks very different than what they feel like they made that year. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, I made 200000 Well, you told the government you only made 30000 you know, by the time you wrote everything off, here's what you what you told them was your profit. And there's only certain things as a lender that we can add back in. Like mileage, we can add back in. Depreciation, we can add back in to, to make that income higher. But just your regular overhead in your business, we can't add that back because that's a legitimate business cost. Mm-hmm. You know, so it kind of changes what you can qualify for. You know, what about uh, what about people that need to sell the buy? We have yeah. quite a few agents at the table right now. And how about you and Lucky talk about what it looks like for you guys to go in? I, I mean, perfect example. We just had somebody that, you know, they thought they were going to be able to get a bridge loan on their property. Mm-hmm. Turns out that it's going to be 2500 or three grand a month. To carry both sides. Yeah. So, um, I mean, they owe nothing on their house. Yeah. You just got to talk it out with your client and not get them in a situation where it's too too much. I mean, if you have to sell to buy, then we need to form a plan. Like I ask them, okay, we're going to go live. You know, listing's going to go active next week. What does that look like if you we go under contract immediately and we've got to be out in 30 days? What does that look like for you? A lot of them already have a plan. Oh, we're going to go live with my mom for until we find a house mm-hmm. or we're going to rent or we're going to go on vacation or, you know, whatever. And some of them don't. And that's a that's a hard position for a seller being a buyer. I mean, this market isn't as bad, but when it's moving fast, that helps too. their listing will probably go under contract really quick and we can adjust the closing date when we have a low inventory, kind of like what we have now. It's tricky, mm-hmm. but it's we yeah. but I, you know, you've got to talk, talk it out with them and strategize yeah there's a lot of weird stuff that's happened in this market like rent backs and oh yeah stuff you just know? to get people lined up yep. where they can buy and sell yeah instead of a pre-occupancy it could be a post-occupancy mm-hmm. and do a rent back and negotiate with the new owner you know can we have this amount of time you know when you do that you got to get with the lender too because yeah. on the new loan for the buyer they've got to occupy it within a certain period of time so you gotta make sure your rent back doesn't mess up the terms of your new loan for the new buyer. I mean, right. It's, and it's just, you just got to really communicate and ask questions of your seller and who is now your buyer, you know, yeah. of what that looks like. And sometimes a buyer will do that instead of waiting because if they're letting the seller occupy the property because they want to lock their rate. They don't yeah. want to lose that yeah. rate too. If it was like a 45 or 60 day closing, as much as everything is moving up and down so much, they might miss out on that opportunity. Lucky, you just went on a listing appointment with Kristen on that cute, adorable little farm. Tell us about it. What do you think? It was your first time sitting with her. It was very in depth. And I think my favorite takeaway from that is how you set expectations. Just kind of giving them a heads up of different things that can come up down the road to save heartache because lots of things can happen going down the road when you're in the process of selling your home and just giving them kind of the heads up. It just kind of sets you up to to head that off before it happens so it's not a big surprise down the road. Giving people the ample homework to get ready for their listing photos because the way it presents online 
is so important. That's going to be your your first impression mm-hmm. you, because obviously everyone, when they're buying a home, they're looking online. And just setting them up for success right out of the gate, I think, goes a long ways towards giving them great service and yeah. you know them just having so much faith in you from the get-go, just knowing that you're going to guide them through it, I think is huge. And I always say, like, you're not going to remember everything, but we're just going to go over it and you can ask the questions, but... I'm always going to tell you, like, here's where we are, here's where, here's what's next. Like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Thank you for listening to the first episode of Farm Around and Find Out. Shout out to Heather Kelpine with First Capital Mortgage for partaking in our podcast today. If you're interested in purchasing a home, you can reach out to Heather at 405-464-1235. You may also reach out to Kirk Brady at Legacy Bank or Angie Haig with Cornerstone Home Lending. We are the Wasoski Real Estate Team in association with Keller Williams Mullinex. If you're interested in buying, selling, investing, or starting a career in real estate, give us a call at 405-401-5039. Until next time, don't forget to farm around and find out.